So, Berto, let's talk about Black Mirror Season 4, Episode 4, Hang the DJ. What do you say? Hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ. I used to think it was, I'm the DJ. <laughs> I'm the DJ, I'm the DJ. Well, that makes more sense, honestly. Because <laughs> yeah, I, never, I never had paid attention to the lyrics when I was a kid, so... I just thought it was a song about he, he wanted to be the DJ. I'm the DJ. I'm the DJ. <laughs> but uh, I remember when I first heard this song in the mid-80s, I was like, hang the DJ. Burn what? down the disco. Why would you want to hang the... And panic, panic on the streets of Birmingham. Well, and especially because most of the lyrics, you know, as a kid, I would have heard it in Columbia and uh, his thick accent. I probably wouldn't have understood most of the lyrics anyways, right? So I was like, well, there's a lot of London, but I wouldn't even know what Birmingham is, right? Later in the song, he repeats 20 times, I'm the DJ. So I conclude, <laughs> it's a song about him wanting to be a DJ. <laughs> this is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm not a DJ, nor would I want to hang anyone who's a DJ. And I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I carry a bag with some old vinyl records, and I play them side-by-side side in clubs. Uh, at least that's better than modern DJs who just press a button on their Apple <laughs> uh, Macintosh. This episode was directed by Tim Van Patten, who has directed some of the best TV shows of all time. <laughs> I thought you meant our podcast episode was direct. I'm like, we have a director coming for this episode? <laughs> Yeah, Tim Van Patten is over here on the couch. Hi, Tim. And he's going to hello. He's going to be finally giving us some pointers on. <laughs> Welcome. Stay a while. Listen. <laughs> uh, Tim Van Patten has directed some of the best TV shows of all time. Some of my favorites: Boardwalk Empire, Game of Thrones, Nice, The Pacific, uh, which is a war uh, TV show, The Sopranos, which nice. is awesome, Rome. <gasps> Wow. Have you ever watched Rome? Oh, I love Rome. I've watched it like four times. Really? Yeah. And that's me and The Sopranos, which I've watched like six times. <laughs> Deadwood. I've never seen Deadwood, actually. The first season and a half is is pretty good. The Wire. Oh, one of my favorites, too. Uh, Sex in the City. One of them, i never seen it. Yeah. And Touched by an Angel, like back in the day, among uh, various other TV shows. I was Touched by an Angel. Yeah, uh, written by Charlie Brooker. He he's the main creator of of Black Mirror. Stars Georgina Campbell, who is plays Amy, and she looks exactly like Rosaria Dawson. I, I know, and and so I know she doesn't look like Halle Berry. <laughs> but did you ever watch that movie that everyone hated, but that I loved in a bad way? Monsters Ball. Forty-three? No, no. I love that movie. No, forty-three and a half or whatever. Forty-three. No. It's it's a movie. It's a funny movie, a, a skit movie that everyone hated. It's rated one of the worst movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there's a skit with Stephen Merchant and Halle Berry where they're going on a date. Oh. And so even though these are completely different people. In my head, when I saw the episode and when I think of the episode, all I can picture is Stephen Merchant and Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time Stephen Merchant's come up uh, on this podcast in this month. Because, no, I mentioned that the guy looks like Stephen Merchant. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't look like Stephen Merchant. No, but he, I know not like... He's a white guy. Not literally, but if you step back, close your eyes, turn around, he does. <laughs> 
uh, Georgina Campbell's been at a bunch of TV shows, and I, I went on the internet to see if other people thought she looked like Rosario Dawson, and of course, lots of people think she looks yeah. like a young Rosario Dawson. Yeah. She was, and she's coming up, she, she plays lead in a new TV show coming up about early Superman called Krypton. What? There's a TV miniseries. That's crazy. Yeah, maybe a Netflix miniseries coming out called Whoa. Krypton, which, you know. How is that different from the one they had before? I think this takes place on, I don't know. On Krypton? I'm thinking the whole thing takes place on Krypton. But he was a baby. He was like and, But it newborn. gives like the, I think it, because, you know, there's a whole, correct me if I'm wrong, comic book backstory to uh, the whole blow up of the planet thing, and you know, well, I'm sure there. I have. I don't know because I don't follow the DC uh, comics. Oh, I thought you did. No, no, I I like those heroes, but I never read the comics. You didn't read Dark Knight or any of those. I mean, sure, okay, I okay, I've read some of the main Batman ones, and I've certainly read the Death of Superman. And when I was a kid, I owned comics, but I never. I never knew all the plot lines and stuff. I mean, they've been around for 70 years, right? But even in the movies, there's a... But in the movies, I know the movies. There's an implication of... There's, you know, there's an interesting backstory to the whole Krypton Yeah, all I was saying is that he was an unborn and then newborn child in Krypton, so I didn't get it. And Frank is played by Joe Cole, who has been on several TV shows, but the only TV show I remember him from, from, and I didn't realize it until halfway through the episode is Peaky Blinders. Have you seen that TV show? Um, I have seen one episode. Yeah, The the first two seasons I think are pretty good. After that it gets a little out of control. And he was also in Extras. He played the agent for Ricky Gervais. (laughs) Uh, The plot. Frank and Amy meet on an online date. Uh, It's seemingly their first online date they've ever had. It feels very familiar to modern times. You know, they meet in a restaurant. They're nervous. They, you know, they've they've been set up by an online date. Blah blah blah. And they have a meet cute in the classic romantic comedy sense. (laughs) They have good chemistry. They're making jokes. Uh, You can you can relate to both of them. You you think these are these are two interesting quality people. And there's an odd moment right off the bat. Right where. Where they are like, can we eat? Each, can we eat each other's food? Yeah, because they say, oh, you got the such and such. Oh, I got the. Ooh, I would love to taste that. And she's like, oh, Is are that, we allowed? To yeah, we. And they and you and they both look over, and there's a shadowy figure, a bouncer looking, like a dude. bouncer looking guy who 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 seems to be observing them, making sure that they're following some set of rules that right. we don't really understand. And they also both have this this personal assistant coach. It's like a computer. It's like a, it's like the version of like a, um, like a smartphone yeah. or something. It's hilarious. Like it's like in the future they expect people to walk around with a little electronic device everywhere they go. Yeah, that talks to them. Yeah, and also we learn that in this world there's walls. Like that, this community is is walls <laughs> no, and roofs and windows. <laughs> no, it's like there's this giant wall that is surrounding this community. Which at this point I took as they've gone on a. On a right. retreat of some sort to right. find love. Right. For the first bit of maybe half of the episode, I was like, so they lived in some kind of weird world. But then at some point, they, they say something like, well, we don't know what's beyond the wall. They yeah. say that. And they sort of give it away. I mean, they, they sort of don't have it be a very big reveal in the end because they, they start giving it away along the way, right? They, oh, I didn't. I didn't. 
No, at all. Oh, really? Because he says early on, what if this is a on, simulation? But but for but right, he says he says like, well, have you considered because they they've got all our data on this thing? They know who we are, what we like, what we don't like. Why? What's stopping them from just simulating us? And so there's there's one, and the second one, which I thought was the full giveaway, is when they're first throwing stones, and she goes, "Hey, does yours ever go more or less than, than four? four? Yeah. And that was why I was like, oh, okay. Right. Well, but Black Mirror would not be beyond, you know, dropping in a red herring, you know, to throw you off the scent, you know? And so... But they would... But, yes, but they would definitely need to explain that then. Right. But, so what I was thinking was... Well, I didn't know, honestly. I was like... When it when I saw the end, I was completely. I see. I mean, were you surprised at least? No, 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 no. You were like, oh, this is a simulation for a dating app. Well, no, I certainly didn't know exactly who was simulating what. That there were ninety nine hundred nine thousand or whatever a thousand of them, and I certainly didn't know that back in the real world they were on normal quote unquote normal but futuristic smartphones about to also meet each other. I didn't know that, of course. But I, I did know before the reveal that, like, okay, they're definitely in a simulation. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I th- I think I thought that there was a possibility, but that was not what I thought. I, I don't know what I thought, but I was, I was you know, when they I, finally revealed it, I was like, holy mackerel. I'll tell you what I, what I sort of assumed, maybe past the halfway point, is that the two of them were in some facility that you go to for couples therapy or something. Oh, interesting. And that they were seeing what could have happened if things, you know, this, that, and the other. Actually, now that I remember, I think I might have thought something similar to that yeah. too. Like something, like I I was thinking maybe they're hooked up to something. And yeah. these, these are real people, but they're in a simulation. Yes, that's what, I, that's what actually I thought. Okay. But it, was a, but it was a total twist for me that it was just... A simulation running in a phone running a thousand times, right? right? Like that was in the blink a of a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they, the Frank and Amy, they check their expiry date. Is expiry is that a is that a British way of saying ex- expiry date? Yeah, right. Expiration <laughs> must be. Yeah, expiry date twelve hours, and so they they realize. So we learn that in this in this system that they've seemingly signed up for voluntarily. They have to date for the the system has said you you only need to date for twelve hours. And actually, at that moment in the story, I thought that there was going to be this twist where we're going to watch the episode, and at the end of the twelve hours, it wasn't that their date was expiring; is that they were expired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny when you watch a Black Mirror. Like, yeah, where's the twist? What's the twist? Yeah. Um, they so they separate in the morning and they're like, okay, well, I guess they they seem like they sort of regret having to say goodbye, but you know they're they like, had a sweet night. Yeah, they regretted not having sex. Yeah, yeah. and they, they separate in the morning and then they date a bunch of others. Amy dates what I think is supposed to be like her perfect man, right? He's on like, the surface, anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's good looking. He's yeah. got nice abs. He is refined. He's not weird. He's not nerdy. He's very right. confident. You and know? he takes her to town in the sack. Yeah. And uh, Frank dates this really mean woman with no sense of humor. <laughs> they, they're they off to a bad start from word one. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so this is when I thought, well, if they're in a real world, if this is a real, like, if we're, if these are real people, I was, I was thinking, is this sort of, sort of comment on how a computer could figure out how to manipulate you to fall in love, right. essentially? It's like, send you on a date with someone 
who you are maybe you're compatible with, right. see how you do for twelve hours, and then make you live with someone for a year. <laughs> yeah, because like one yeah. of the things that I talk with a lot of clients about is they will talk about when they're in a bad relationship, they don't talk about someone you know, many people ago, they think about the last person they dated Yeah, just before, right. you know, the one that got away just before. Because usually that's someone that they didn't see all the way through and it's someone that's very recent for them. You right. know? And and so I was wondering if that's what they're doing. Well, uh, I, I, also, I also thought, part of the reason I started thinking, yeah, this must be a simulation is because when it's like a year, but they don't show us do they have a job? Are right. they just at this place for a year? Like, well, then, it, well, then. So yeah. I was thinking, maybe in this world they don't have to work. Or right. It could be like universal automatic income or something. Right. Um, the and then uh, they they date a bunch of other people, but then the computer eventually matches Frank and Amy back together again. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. There was a moment that I actually thought Matrix like. I thought, oh, this could be a thing where they don't have to work. And computers are always running simulations on humans, non-barbarically, but like trying all sorts of different combinations. <laughs> um, so now they're back together and they're they're having a great time and they make a promise that they're not going to check their expiration date. And they're seemingly together for a while. We don't really know how right. long, but they're really happy. But Frank's getting kind of worried. He's, you know, he's kind of worried. Like, wait, yeah. how how much time do I? I'm really falling in love with her. Yeah. How much time do I have left with Amy? I'm really worried. So he he secretly checks the expiration date, and it says they have five years. Right. And he and you see, and this is where the beauty of writing, directing, acting comes in, is the face. You know, there's so many options in terms of writing what sort of face he's going to make. Right. Five years could be like, yay, or yeah. it could be like, oh, but like. The, the the beauty of Black Mirror is in his face, because I'm watching his face, and I'm like, what's in his brain? And they don't really make it clear, right? but he's sort of looking at it, and you can sort of see him kind of smile, but also be a little sad, because yeah. he's like, oh, wow, that's great. At least it's not like one more day, but that's kind of a bummer that it's only five years, but but yeah. five years is a long... You can kind of right. see the gears turning in his head. And in human, you know, humans are so poor at long term that... You you don't feel that pain yet. You're like, right. yeah, five. Okay, well that sucks, but yeah, five years. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. you can sort of see those gears turning. Yeah, and but then for for some reason it starts to uh, recalibrate. You know that the the coach is saying, oh, recalibrating one year, recalibrating. Oh my god, three months. And he's so like, stop stressful. it. Re- you know, uh, there's always a reason. Recalibrating, and he's getting upset. And then it says just like a few hours or something. Yeah. And then they're hang, they're hanging out, and he's upset, and she's like, "What's wrong?" And he tells her, and he like, "I checked the expiration date." She's like, "Well, how much time do we have?" And he's like, "Well, at first it said five years, but then it recalibrated because I looked at it, and it's and it said we only have like another hour." And she gets really upset, and she breaks up with him like right on the spot because. Uh, she, you know, she's like, I, yeah. you broke our promise. Why did, yeah. And you might have broke the system so that we can't see each other anymore. Right. I can't believe you did that. And he's begging her to stay. He's like, let's go over the wall. Let's let's run. And she, and she runs away. They date other people. They're unhappy. You know, seemingly, Frank's very unhappy. The computer then tells Amy that she's been matched with her perfect mate. And she 
Yeah, but the computer also says, and there, he, she's, she's going to meet her perfect mate tomorrow. Yeah. But then the computer also says, you get to say goodbye to one person. She says, Frank, I want to say goodbye to yeah. Frank. Yeah. And so they have a final date. They decide to go over the wall. They climb the wall and enter a room with thousands of other couples who look just like them. We learn that well, Frank... There's 999 other couples. Yeah, but I looked very closely, and I couldn't see any other people within yeah. their field of vision yeah. anyway. We learned that Frank and Amy were just one simulation among 1,000 Franks and 1,000 Amys, and 998 of the 1,000 actually went rebelled and went over the wall. And we see uh, the real Frank and the real Amy in a bar looking at their phone, realizing that on a dating app, uh, they have found a 99.8% match with someone across the room. And, and again, more excellent Black Mirror writing. You hear Hang the DJ in the background and they're looking at each other and they're like, Oh, and then they're like, Oh, Hey. And then, and then they're like, wait, 99.8%. That means we might be in a relationship soon for right. a long time, which means good and bad. And right. You know, and then they get a little sad Yeah, and then they sort of look at each other, you know, they're looking at each other and then she gets a smile and she just starts walking up to him. Yeah. I get chills just thinking about that scene. It's just right, right. like the payoff and again, stupider writers and directors and producers, honestly, would pressure the writers. You got to have them kiss or you got to have them talk. Or right. You got you to gotta flash forward. Like, how do we know? Like, yeah. she, she's just walking up. You're just going to end it? Like, people got to know what happened. You know, it's like, no. Nope. <laughs> like, and then it cuts to black and then Panic by the Smiths comes into full stereophonic sound yeah. and it sounds off. Um, so, uh, now, we thought this was our favorite episode of, of season, yes. season four. Possibly one of the best Black Mirror yes, episodes. Yes, it's in my top three now. Uh, some trivia here. The, the idea of Hang the DJ was about rejecting the music that's being played for right. you, and so you rebel against it. Yeah, well, I, um, so halfway through the episode, I never knew what the song Hang the DJ was about, um, but halfway through the episode, I asked myself, why would they call this? And then it immediately hit me because it's like, oh, of course. Because, you know, a DJ chooses for you, right? And if you're not happy with what the DJ is choosing, you would want the DJ to get kicked out or hung in the extreme. Right. So then I got it. I'm like, oh, okay, hang the DJ. Hang these people choosing for us, damn it. Right. So right. when Amy throws the coach into the pool, right. she's hanging the DJ. And then I actually read about the song today because I was like, yeah, what was the song about? And I went... Um, on the Wikipedia and stuff, and it, that was literally what it was, right? It was he, they, the Smiths were upset, or at least Morrissey was upset uh, that all this bad shit was happening in the news. He was quoting that Chernobyl was on the news, and then a second later, some happy song that they're supposed to dance to or whatever. So it was this feeling of like all this bad shit happening everywhere, and none of this music relates to our lives, and so like. And then, so the rest of the song is "Burn the Disco, Hang the DJ." <laughs> yeah, it was specific. According to lore, it was specifically a Wham song. Yeah, but Mar said, "Oh, because I read more lore. <laughs> I just literally just did ten seconds of research today." But Mar Johnny Mar said that he's not so sure that story was real. <laughs> but it was. What was the Wham song? Uh, I can't remember. It was one of their lesser. It wasn't one of their top five. Yeah, the story was like they were a news item about Chernobyl. And then right after that, wham comes on, and they're right. um, this 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 episode is kind of like Logan's Run, the movie. Yeah, uh, I thought that was because you know you got young people and 
uh, running away over the wall. Right. Uh, anyway, expiration dates and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, so, you're right. Very much so. Yeah. I probably inadvertently, you know, cause, oh, they must've um, been fans, right? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so we got some, some good and some bad stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. Um, what, what, what can you say that's good? Um, I actually loved the, the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. It was so believable. Like, uh, it, arguably if that chemistry was half as good, this episode it doesn't work. would fall apart. The whole thing hinges on you as the viewer believing that, yeah, that's gotta be a better deal than all those other ones they showed us. Yeah. Even though, I mean, like on his side, I, w- I sort of felt bad because I'm like, well, he's sort of getting the raw end of the deal here. She's getting like just the fuck marathon. But still, she's, they show us her as a shell outside her body, you know, all these things. But, but I thought that was good in terms of gender because it would be tempting to right. not do that, right? It'd be yeah. tempting to be like, well, let's pander to the men and let's, yeah. let's give him he like... He sows his oats. Yeah, and let's give her someone who's just like an abusive asshole. Right. But instead, they're like, we'll give her, you know, uh, arguably a, a better guy. Yeah. And she throws herself at him. Yeah. You know, she's like, she, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, like, he's like, I found that it's better to have sex on it. She's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay. Yeah. And, and, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Like, uh, that the writers are really, and he wasn't a dick. I mean, he was no. just, he wasn't very talkative and she, he did. I mean, it's funny. Uh, he cleared his throat, wasn't it? Or, oh, uh, he went, <sighs> right. And that she's like, that drives me nuts. <laughs> Right, and so it's supposed to give you like the common dating experience of like I don't know why I don't like this person, but I I don't. Right, you know I'm just I'm just not into it. And then a lot of the other ones they showed us, there didn't seem to be anything specifically wrong with them. Right, she just wasn't I, connecting. I guess, I guess one of the bad things about this episode, now that I think about it, is with him, with her, when she got that guy for a year. That was perhaps more realistic and sort of a, a an okay simulation, you know, hooking him up with someone who was so so arguably bad for him, you know. Yeah, I I wish they would have made it more subtle, you know, like like someone that he could kind of get along with, but you know, just wasn't Amy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just yeah, yeah, I like her, but uh, that's a good point, you know. So, now, and they sh- and and they didn't really depict any other relationship in depth after that, you know. This could have been the simulation that where that was set to extreme, you know. <laughs> right. Right. And it, right. And this, so that's the other question of just like what were the other simulations like? Were yeah. they all exactly the same with the right. same set of dates after that? Right. Um but anyway, yeah, I thought that the chemistry was great, very believable. The ending I thought was perfect. Um I loved yet again the the looks between the two of them at the end. Totally. Um, one of the interesting things about this episode is, in other episodes, they make you really care about the simulations, right? right? The simulated AIs, right? And in this episode, they don't really portray it in a way, yeah, that makes you feel like, oh, they're all dead now. Well, they let us off the hook as viewers because. They have calm resignation when they're up in the right. when they. It's not like they see everyone and they all start freaking out. Ah! We, we get this sense, <laughs> right? That'd be funny. They're just like, right. Ah! Right. 
<laughs> we, a thousand voices crying out in terror. That's right. We, d- I actually got the sense, and they gave us enough hints that the simulations are sort of self-aware, self-aware, but also glitchy. Like, for example, who in the real world wouldn't question not the tenth time, not even the third time, but like maybe the second time that a rock skipped exactly four times and then let alone after hundreds and you're like okay what the fuck right and so they give us a, a sense that um and she even says that at the end she's like i think we're in a simulation yeah. actually and i think we're supposed to go over the exactly. wall and and so th- these are not actually a hundred percent well-rounded humans but uh, the way they portray it these are these people have emotions. They care about their lives. Yeah, they yeah, care about just, their love lives. Yeah, but there's things like they don't care where they're at or they don't notice that they can't leave. Yeah, maybe they, they don't, don't really, notice yeah. the bouncers are there to kill them. Or, or, or jobs or right, anything. Right, yeah. So that's where I got the sense like uh, it's the thing where to the simulation, it feels as real as the simulation is made to feel, right? The, to us humans, the real world feels real because – it feels real to humans. Maybe what the uh, show should have done, which of course would have ruined it, but is they should have said like, uh, "You are needed in another simulation soon. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know what I mean? We're gonna wipe you, but you're gonna, your your soul's gonna go to another." <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I like this episode because it's very as with Archangel, it it's very familiar to contemporary dating. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of elements to this where you're just like, wow, this this is like very contemporary. Right. It's sort of like how 15 minutes, 15 minutes, what was that episode called? 15, 15 million merits. The 15 million merits episode, as I was watching it, I'm like, what in the world is that? Like, where are they? Like, right. they're underground. They're on these bikes. They're playing video. Like, what, what's... We're, we're, this one felt grounded in. Well, no, fifty oh, million merits. Even though it it looked and was like this, uh-huh. where are we? That's when I fell in love with Black Mirror because as I was watching it, I was like, th- somehow this is touching on something. Oh, I see. Inside of my current life, this you're metaphor, saying that they're able to even when they place it in a very odd setting. Yeah, you're still okay. You know, like with nosedive, it's like right. a very strange world. But you're like, you know what? Yeah. Right away, yeah. this feels oddly familiar. Yeah, yeah. Liking everyone and being worried about right. you know Yelp ratings and stuff. Um. Also, uh, one of the best things about this episode is you can easily recommend it to people who have never seen Black Mirror. Oh, yes. You, you, like, if, 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 you're wor- like, if you're worried, like, uh, I don't know if this person's into tech or sci-fi or Twilight, or I don't know if they could really stomach, you know, a, right. a, a crocodile. Well, and I would say even more so than the Star Trek one, right? Because this one, you don't have to be into tech. Like you said, you don't have to be into sci-fi. Yeah, it's a rom-com. Exactly. Yeah. And and understandable, nothing's too freaky, and in the end, it's like, oh, you know, it doesn't it's not a huge leap, right? You know, and so you could you could absolutely, and it has a happy ending, you know, and you could absolutely recommend it. And then you recommend it to someone, they're like, they all died in the end. <laughs> um, what about uh, some bad stuff about this episode that we could say? What are some What are some downsides? Things you would have changed. What do you think? I'm talking because you aren't talking, and when there's dead space in the episode, it's hard. <laughs> I'm, for I'm finding it hard, man. Okay, just say that. So I'm finding it hard. There's no dead space. I'm or finding they, it hard. Or at least just go. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I'm uh, fighting uh, it hard. Uh, can we harmonize with <laughs> Uh, I'm hiding uh, Okay, let's take a break and we get back. Let's pull this episode from this nosedive. All right, we're back from the break. Join the Facebook fan group. It's a fun place where even Birdo goes sometimes. Yay. And joins famous patron Lingen. The, the the Facebook fan group they have they have lively discussions about various things and I never go there because I want people to feel free to say whatever they want and Birdo uh you know you can. He doesn't mind being insulted, so you can. Insult <laughs> That's him. right. Um, also, uh, tell a friend about the po- podcast. If you're in the field, you're in a training program or a consultation group tell the people about the podcast that's a that's a that's a good way for us to spread the word review us on itunes that's another way you can help sort of spread the word also become a patron obviously so what are some bad things we could say if i'm being nitpicky really nitpicky i'm gonna say things like this all right well in reality the simulation maybe was overly complicated okay because you know if you think about what the simulation would have been trying to do, it's like, well, we're trying to see how these people's personalities would interact with other personalities. Yeah. Okay, it, that's fair. This but this point didn't occur to me till late in my thinking about it. Yeah. But, but yeah. Which exactly. is basically like, well, but do you have to simulate a whole world? Like, actually, a world that is not familiar to a human being. Well, not only that, but it, it's like... It only tests... If you really just looked at it, it's like, well, what exactly are we testing here? Yeah. We, you know, we're testing whether or not they will go over a wall. Like, yeah. that's not what we want to know. Right. We don't want to know if these guys are going to go against, like, the government together. Right. And what we want to know is, uh, so So what I was thinking was, there, a better, but it, of course, would be a lame TV show, <laughs> but a be- better simulation is you take a Frank and you take an Amy and you put them in a world where there's an online dating service mm-hmm. and there's a hundred other people in that community. Yeah. And you don't have, you don't have bouncers. You just have a wall that they just can't get over. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, you know, well, I don't know. You just can't go over the wall. I don't yeah. know what's over there. And, and they keep and, dating, dating, dating. And, and then on, and then they date all hundred people in that community. Yeah. And, and, who and who do they choose to marry is yeah. the thing like because that's really what you that's really what a dating app is supposed to find or yeah. an even sort of more precise thing because as we get into this tech it's like eventually i'm i'm guessing i don't know 75 years from now we'll be able to actually do something like this uh, exactly like this you know what i mean with actual almost facsimiles of human beings inside of a phone you know yeah. and uh, a better way would be you run a thousand different simulations of some kind of, you know, sandbox situation like that, and then the thing that pops out at you on your phone is not like ninety nine point eight percent match. But we ran a thousand simulations just now, and in fifty five percent of them, they chose to be together for over a year. Yeah. In twenty percent, they actually decided to be together for over five years, and in three percent, they actually got married. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, and 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 then you can kind of gauge like, oh, okay. So based yeah, on the right. simulations, like I have, uh, or another stat would be like, and in ninety percent, even if you break up after a week, you don't really your simulations didn't regret having yeah. been in a relationship, right? So that's people. a more granular result, which you don't realize they could have gotten by double clicking on the ninety nine percent. I will say, as devil's advocate, um, I think you know maybe. Maybe we are thinking, well, this would be an improvement. But maybe the developers of this 
uh, system thought, guys, it's so impossible to predict who you'll be happy with. But I have a theory. What if we run some simulations and the thing is, you know, what is love? Love is so hard to define. But we're going to define success here as if you're willing to go against everything, everything, everything for that one person, then we'll give you a higher rate of, of success. But, <laughs> but what it doesn't show is the other couple in the bar hang the DJs playing. Yeah. Those people are extremely law-abiding, yeah. uh, scaredy cats. Yeah. And so they will not match with a single person they ever met ever meet on this app because they're the kind of people who will never go over the wall. <laughs> I see what you're saying. But but you're thinking that the AI representations are actual good representations of their law behavior. And I'm saying well, that's the point. they it's cut like, all those corners and Basically, yeah, I get it. I yeah, mean, you know I, I understand. <laughs> I understand why they designed. We're it trying that to way. justify a show. That yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, I, in general, I agree with that. Yeah. So uh, the other bad thing is there's there was no queer or gay th- stuff at all, except for that. No, she one, did. She had one. So that one right. very brief sort of second where it's like, oh, she dated a woman for a while. But what I was, I kept looking around. I was like, all the couples were hetero. Like, and then I was like, well, maybe there's a point to that. But at the end of the episode, I was like, uh, there wouldn't, because they lived in a community of other people who were dating and going out, right? And like that one couple that got married eventually, or, you know, fully mashed or whatever. And it's like... By the way, talk about unnecessary additional coding into the simulation. Well, right. So, so (laughs) so, So that could have been the reason. It's just like, well, why... We don't need that for this simulation. For another two people, maybe oh, right. every, everyone in the I, I was actually referring to like the the scene with the couple saying how great it is, how the service works. Uh-huh. I'm like, is that necessary for the simulation? <laughs> well, well, they must have thought they must have ran enough simulations in the past where they're like, well, every all the simulations give up. It's Matrix, right? Right. Like, actually, I will again defending playing devil's advocate to my own point. Uh, the way you would probably end up doing this, the way that uh, machine learning is going, is you actually wouldn't have control over, like you wouldn't be programming a script. Right. What would actually happen is you'd have some models that recreate uh, the characters, and then you set it to play. You press play, and you actually have no idea what's going to happen. And shit just happens. And randomly, two of the characters say, Oh, we're happy and it works or whatever, right? Well, and you have to match that up, correlate that with with uh, reality. Yeah. So you would have to run simulations and then measure actual human beings against right. those simulations, and then and then see which right. correlate with like them staying together right. for a long time. But it, but still, like to your point, like first of all, um, you would think you would have wanted to put the same two people not in a twelve hour test, but rather. All the sorts of stressful situations that you have to deal with kids, right. stressful jobs, yeah. lack of sleep, cancer, disease, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Instead of this extremely weird world that it doesn't correlate with the real one, yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. Dating sites that claim they... Okay, so this... It, right away, I was like, oh, this is sort of a play on dating sites and their claim... That they can match you right. with a certain accuracy, right, right, right. <laughs> and and they have you know because that's the whole thing. The coach has it's just like well you know we have algorithms and we figure out, and 
there's a there's been a ton of quote unquote science and research into this, but they always keep their research close to the vest. Right. And when that, you actually look into the science, it's extremely hard to predict if two people are going to actually work out or not. Is, yeah. is how the actual science I works. Imagine. I guess I just realized something though. Uh, maybe again playing devil's advocate and, and what like just trying to salvage the 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 plot here. Potentially, they've realized over their years of research that it all boils down to if you cannot see in the numbers the spark after twelve hours, there'll never be a spark. You know, something along those lines, right? So they're like, yeah, look, we're gonna pit these two simulated personalities together for twelve hours. And then for the rest of the simulation, we're going to have them in all sorts of random other kind of controlled cases and stuff. If those 12 hours were not enough, then it's low probability. Or another way is you put them together for 12 hours and you ask the simulation at the end, do you want to date this person again? Yes or no? (laughs) But see, the simulation won't know. But they, they well, they had an opinion at the end. I mean, they were like, yeah, yeah I, I think I'd like to see that person again. But they didn't really know until they knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there was a, there was a, I loved the moment where at the very end when everything sort of com, com becomes revealed and you're just like, you're, you have this simultaneous happiness like, oh, they're, they're in real life and they're, oh, they're really going to meet in this, in the real world. But, oh my God, all those people are just simulations and they just died. Like, I actually had sadness because the characters you've been following <laughs> right. just died. Right, right, they just right. got deleted, right. you know? And that's a very Black Mirror thing to do to me. But if you think about what... Um, imagine the equivalent of pleasure for an AI entity if, pleasure, if ultimate pleasure was fulfilling the run sequence, <laughs> then they just orgasmed infinitely, right? <laughs> so, so there are a few questions here that I want to ask you, Berto. What if there was a system that, because at the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh, maybe they created, maybe this is like post-apocalyptic. So that's what I actually thought was like, the world blew up, and <laughs> in order to save the human race, to make them mate, they figured out this, this they you know created this perfect world where... In fact, I think they even said that, thinking like, beyond the wall, you know, they've, they've ran out of food or something like that. Uh-huh. Or it's just a wild world out there. And I thought, well, maybe they've created this coach system to actually help people mate because people stopped having kids or something. Right. So, so, but here's the question, Bruno. What if you could sort of voluntarily go to this island mm-hmm. And you would have this system where it was just like you agreed, you signed over, you yeah. said, "Okay, I'm yeah, I follow, I'm gonna follow the rules." And this, you know, algorithm that might be you know slightly better than the one we have today, it does this kind of right. full control over your life. Might that result in more likelihood of long term satisfaction relationship or not? What do you think? Ha. Well, I was going to, when I, I thought you were going with, would you do it? And I'd be like, sign me the fuck up. But the reason. Oh, really? Well, but the reason is because I would feel no obligation to stay together after the, after the island, you know? So the, the question you ended up with is, do I think it would work? 
No, my my I'm saying you got to stay. You you sign oh, up, you I go, see. you got to stay. You, you can't stay. you can't just you can't just walk away. Oh, that's a little different. <laughs> I thought, yeah, cuz I thought well, like and hey, you have to comply. Like if it says we've matched you with the perfect match, you're going to grow old together, you got to do it. Oh, Jesus. Okay, that's hard, man. No, no way. But what if it was like all these testimonials like, man, nope. it it really works. No freedom. Got free freedom. Will. You want the free will. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately what well, is happiness? Well, but let me ask you another question. Um, uh, uh, how do I ask this? So let's say you lived in an alternate Birdo life. Yeah. And you, because I don't know how to say this exactly, but let's say you lived in an alternate Birdo life yes. and you were having trouble finding somebody. Yes. And you were... You know, and I was depressed about it. Yeah, the, the, kinda... the, you know, think of people that yeah. we know who date, yeah. and, and they're just like, God, you know, it's just you yeah. get in one relationship, it's hard to find someone. Absolutely, you, there's you, lots you try of them out like for that. six months, and then you find out, and then, but you can go to this island where it's just like guaranteed, they, guaranteed relationship at all times, and potentially, and actually, no, and they guarantee that after a, some amount of time, you'll find your perfect match, and you'll be with them in def- forever, and lots of testimonials, and. You don't have any, you don't have any choice, right? And your partner doesn't have any choice, right? Right. Like they got to stay with you, right? Like, does that factor? You know, imagine yeah, that. No, imagine I that, that. I could see that, but I guess what happens is, yes, I could totally understand that. What, like, you know, I could see people being like, uh, I mean, yeah, the no free will thing that kind of sucks, but guaranteed because because there's a lot of people who are dating who are like, what if I never meet anybody? What if I grow right. old alone? What? You know, I, I think for me, what you know, you play video games like I do, and uh, you've played Grand Theft Auto before. Yeah. Did you ever enable the cheat codes? No. Okay. So in any game where you get the cheat codes, I'm an honest person, <laughs> right? In any game where you get the cheat codes, if the cheat codes break the game, meaning if they are too powerful, they will always be fun for a few minutes, maybe ten minutes, maybe half an hour, and after that. You'll lose interest. Totally. That's why I right? don't like it, man. Right. And the reason is because it takes away your free will in this weird kind of sideways way, right? The the game having limits is what sort of makes your free will be meaningful. Well, but the, this simulation on this island actually works that into it by uh, making it so that you can't be with the person necessarily you want to be with for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Well, now forget it. Yeah. Anyway, I get what you're saying. So, yeah. so, so it would ruin that for you. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, look, I, I actually, I actually believe that it's very likely that there is no such thing as free will in the truest sense of the of the statement. But for us humans, it sure as hell feels as if we have free will, and I think that losing that feeling would be the last thing I would want. I roll my eyes to statements like that because you know there's been a lot of talk on the internet about that and be like, no one has free will. Of course you have free will. No, like, no, we have. Well, it depends that, what you mean, right? Right. It depends on what you mean. If what we mean is humans within a human context have the freedom, unless they're imprisoned or slaves, to make their choices of their own volition. Yeah, of course we do. If you mean, um. Are you able to actually make a completely unpredictable choice of your choosing? Then that is an undecidable at best question. Well, uh, if if your definition of free will somehow supersedes the organic nature of your brain, then yeah, of course you don't have free will. Uh, but- unfortunately, I think that most people, when they say humans have free will, 
they ultimately, especially because a lot of times it's kind of a religious thing. Right. They do mean ultimate free will. Right. And, and but also on this flip side, the stoners who like to talk about, you, no one has free will, is, is because they like to say, like, there's research that, you know, shows that before you actually make a choice, there's like an impulse in the brain. And all I have to say is, like, you don't understand how brain science works. There's no fucking way that our current science knows how to uh, measure such a thing. And two, how do you know that's not the the beginning of yeah. free will? No, I, I I have no yeah. That's that's that that is a, a what do you call it? a red herring, right? And and uh, of course we are completely locked into our bodies and our impulses. Like I don't have free will not to sleep at night. You know, I, I eventually I, I'll just fall asleep. I don't have free will not to drink water. Yeah. I don't have free will to avoid other human beings. Is that you know? There's a, I have needs yeah. that I need to fulfill, but I absolutely have free. Now, uh, the you know they'll say, well, you know, when you meet someone, there's pheromones and it compels you. No, it doesn't. Like uh, one. <laughs> If it does, we can't demonstrate that today. <laughs> and two, I highly doubt that those kinds of things are like automatically programmed. Our, our decisions emerge from billions of factors within us that have to do with lots of things. Now, you could say that is not free will, but again, it depends on how you define free will. That's the whole point. So like the reason – so I, I, I'm going by the Sam Harris line of argument and the reason i actually think because you think it's like well it's the point it's such a pedantic thing to argue about but the reason he brings it up is for a very humanistic reason which is that a lot of us privileged folks in the world like to think well yeah i'm privileged but i mean it's because of my hard work and my dedication that i have this big house and this car and right and we like to feel that way, right? And most of us feel like mistakes were bad luck and when we succeeded, it's because we're so good. Totally. And then he points out like, okay, so you didn't choose your genes, where you were born, who your parents were, what your parents said or did with you, what your teacher said or did with you. Right. You didn't choose what the car down the street was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down to the last second of the last word that I said. And that's, that, that is his line of reasoning. Right. And so when you go down that road, let alone if you go to the quantum physics and, and the understanding that there is maybe no decidable physics to the universe, all these things, then yeah, from that perspective, it's a, it's a ridiculous thing to say, I am who I am because I'm so good and you are who you are because you didn't pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Because of your choices, right. right. But yeah, that's exactly. very different from saying, therefore, humans have no free will and right. everything's irrelevant. <laughs> right. Like... And uh, even even more precise, the 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 uh, your political views are very predictable based on factors that we can measure yeah. uh, with demographics, but not always predictive. Yeah. So therefore, free it's will. all curves, curves. Well, but even you, so you would actually like the lack of free will, <laughs> if you will, because you like to point out that so much of what we think is sort of biologic well, I don't has get, been yeah. indoctrinated into us. Right. So I'm not I'm not calling it free will per se. I mean, when I think free will, I think at any given moment, can I choose, you know? Yeah. Like, can I choose... Does it feel like I have free will? Yeah. Well, can I choose to end this podcast yeah. and never make another episode? Yes. Like, that's a conceivable choice. Yes. And what, what someone would say, if, if we're going along non-pedantically with that, would say like... 
the proof is in the pudding. I make choices all the, I just chose to lift my hand. Right. So, so when I, when I, the free will I'm referring to is that, but do I have free will, so to speak, over, did I choose the language I speak? No. Did I choose my genes? No. Did I choose my political views? Not really. Right. You know, I, uh, I, for me to have been a Republican based on, or a right winger or super conservative based on my background would have been extremely strange. Not necessarily my background, but like after going to college and being yeah. with all the people I was with, it would have been extremely strange. But I have friends who had the exact same background yeah. and they are super fucking conservative, yeah. you know? So, so I'm influenced, you yeah. know? Well, and, and, and even the question of what, what does it mean when we say, did I? choose what is i in this context is it which part of your brain are you talking about right so and that gets into consciousness and yeah. you know uh, which uh, there is a very uh, viable argument for saying things like there is no i you are connected yeah. you know you you are connected to the world when you isolate the i in a in a uh, what do you call it a chamber uh, what do you call it? Well, no stimulation. Oh yeah, uh, deprivation. Deprivation chamber. chamber. You start to lose your sanity yeah. because you no longer have your identity, yeah. which is connected to yeah. people and sounds and right. you know. Anyway. But but my whole the only thing I was trying to go with with that is that irrelevant of the philosophy of it, I feel like I have free will. Yeah, and that's the last thing I would want to give up. Interesting. Unless you were so desperate because you couldn't find anybody and you needed someone and this guaranteed yeah, desperation this would, could trump because this island would des- would guarantee you somebody you know I suppose yeah well what it would get it, yeah no no I suppose I I may find myself giving that up I see um, another question here Berto uh, see what if there was an app that could run a thousand simulations based on your personality would it work you know would would it work? Do you think? Oh, I think for oh for the dating or for some aspects for I yeah. Do, I do think you could. I could easily imagine parts of my behavior, personality, the way I look, etc., being simulated for for effect. As an example, we know this already with you know the apps that make us look older, right? They're yeah. not running simulations, but what they did is they the simulations were already pre-run by having data fed into a model, right? Yeah. So. We we already do this in a way. We say, well, what would Kirk look like when he's older, right? And we're not guessing. We're using data of what humans look like when they're older to to estimate what you're going to look like when you're older. Similarly, you could imagine like, well, what what would be the best haircut for me? And then you run simulations or you try a whole bunch of models and you evaluate them versus people's preferences or things. And then with personality, you could say like, well, what would be the most effective communication style for me or the tone of voice? How loud should I speak? You imagine a whole bunch of things that could be simulated. Right. So that's what I was thinking was if you had this tech, there would be so many other things that would perhaps be even more useful. Yeah. Like you could even, I mean, I I was sort of just brainstorming. I thought like two countries enter into a war and instead of actually killing people you could just set a simulation yeah. of the battleground right and whoever wins then <laughs> then they win the territory or something yeah because you're like well and, and actually the whole free will thing would enter there because you would say like look we you know your scientists know and i know and my scientists know 
that these simulations predict very accurately. And you see, we just ran the simulation, and you see that in the simulation, 99 times out of 100, we win. Yeah. And 70% of those, it's disastrous for you guys. Right. Do you want to physically go down this road? Well, right. So there would have to be some rules of engagement that you'd have to be locked into a particular, you know, uh, yeah. result. Or you could run the simulation to see whether or not you should proceed. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, um, I would just, like, the way I would use, in fact, what are we saying? The military already runs simulations left and right trying to right. predict what's going to happen in a battle. But if you actually had actual humans and civilians, yeah. anyway, uh, another one would be starting a business. You could be like, you'd run a thousand simulations of starting a business in that location and you would, you know, get sort of random people that fit the demographics and see if patrons actually, you know, eventually went to your store or how should I present myself at a job interview? Right. right? You could, you could run simulations on different styles of responding to questions or something. Now. So I, the thing that's interesting is running simulations was a very, 90s thing. Yeah. And and early 2000s. Actually, no. 90s and 2000s. Running simulations will come back. But for now, it's all like you don't have to run simulations. You just have to look at the data you can you have available to you. And if you don't have the data, the question is not how can I run a simulation, but how can I acquire the data that I need? So a different way to look at it would be, well, okay, so... If, I, if what I'm trying to do is decide on who's going to patronize my store on this corner, what I need is to find data about humans patronizing stores of similar types. And then that's essentially the simulation. But they run simulations for like weather. Yeah, yeah. And they still do, right? And but, for like uh, what would happen if the uh, when the ice caps melt completely, you know, right. they, they run a simulation. Right. So what, what's happening is when they're training models now, it, it's flipped on its head a little bit. Instead of programming in all the parameters and then running a simulation, they're instead saying, well, nature already ran the simulations. They, they were real, but here's all the data of those simulations. Yeah. Now tell me what would happen based on the future. Right. right? So, well, right. So, and I don't, I don't know this trend, but I imagine that with big data and with enough data, yeah. you don't need to run a simulation because you have enough real That's data. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So, But at the same time, I do think that it might come back if, if you do end up with enough agents that seem human enough or maybe at least animal enough or whatever – you could imagine, well, okay, well, we're going to set a thousand of them to do something, and right. then we're going to, you know. Because for the real Frank and the real Amy, you don't have any data yet because you right. haven't. Right. And in fact, oh, and this is going to be a very interesting uh, conundrum. You are, you're always talking about how we can't really decide on a lot of genetic questions and things like this because it's unethical to do so, right? Mm. Oh, if it right. were even possible. Oh, my God. That would be an awesome use of this tech right. is like – you can actually test evolution this way. But here's what I'm going to say, which I'm sure you've thought about is... Is it ethical? Uh, what threshold did we cross where you were feeling bad for these people? Right. That was my next question is, right. was even this ethical to begin with? Yeah, exactly. And the other question that they don't answer in the show is, do the purveyors of... Or do you know the, does the real Frank and the real Amy know that this percentage was a result of, of a thousand simulations right. of them instead of just like 
this app just knows, you know, it just sort of figures out. That's right. You know, do they just say, ah, it just sort of figures out. And then the real people behind the code are like, actually, we're running simulations of like, you know, if you met if you met them on a video screen, you would think, you would think they, it's you. Yeah, you'd think they're very real. And, and that's Which great- leads to another question of like, why not just data simulation? That's right. Why did, she says no. Okay. I'll I'm, just date your simulation. I'll just date your, like in the USS Callister. Right. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. Um, and and it's, it is a very, very important question because right now, uh, you know, if someone is born severely disabled, where for their lifetime, assuming it's, it's a, it could be a short lifetime, but they will be a one-year-old in terms of development maybe two years, you know, like someone who's severely mentally disabled. Okay. They still have rights. Yeah. They're a person. Yeah. You can't just kill them or treat them poorly or put them in experiments and stuff. No. So it's going to get really odd when you have a, a simulation that is definitely way more capable than this real person. And you're claiming that this simulation has no rights and this person has rights. Because right. it's going to be obvious that the only reason you're doing it is because one is made out of one substrate and, and the other one is a different substrate. Right. Yeah. So it's a good, interesting question of yeah. just like, if you actually met these simulations and you're just deleting them or putting them through some pretty horrible experience, you know, experiences, yeah. is that ethical? And if you can do this, right. then surely some nerd is like, putting some people in some really horrible situations. That's right. And then you could work around it in some ways by saying, look, by the point that we can actually simulate you to that degree, we've now transcended the part where we can back you up. So recreating you digitally is is free, Mm -hmm. give give or take, right? So you never really have to die. We just reboot you or reload you, right? Restore the last checkpoint. In terms of pain, because you can say the next question is like pain. Pain is real. Pain feels real. You could say, yeah, but we could either numb the pain down so you never feel more than a prick. You know, let's agree on what is an acceptable level of maximum pain. And you never really feel more than that. And, and on and on and on. So then you could say, well, that's not a human. I say, well, actually, on a day-to-day basis, I don't experience an, in, an excruciating amount of pain. And I don't die. <laughs> so that is actually being human enough. Yeah. Yeah. One question I had, and we'll close with this, is that did this simulation run, like one of the things that I thought of right away was like, well, wait, so how did these two apps uh, uh, sync up? Because they're across a bar from each other. Yeah. Surely they didn't point their phone at that one person. Surely this is just an app. Well, we don't know. I think it pre-matched them. They were meeting each other there because she's like, "How? Will, oh wait, no! Like oh. they they didn't they were not meeting at that, that was in the simulation, right? So now again, we don't know, right? We don't. But know. from what I was interpreting, from when they go to the bar with the song "Hang the D," you know, "Panic," yeah, uh, by the Smiths in that bar was this app randomly chose them, oh, you know? I see, and and, and so it's mm. like how many other simulations with other people are happening in that room and is it just happening on their phone? Because that's the way it made it look, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, it made it look like it was on the phone. The phone had enough software power to simulate those people in the blink of right. an eye. And, and some of that is interesting because I think temporarily people are going to feel like, I don't want my, my information in the cloud. But eventually, like already all our photos are in the cloud. Yeah, so. So. 
Um, and then uh, the other the other thing I was hoping, and I kept rewatching the end and pausing. What I was, what I thought would be, would have been really cool. And and I and I I don't put it past them that they just put it there and I didn't see it. Was everyone else in the bar were their dates? You know what I mean? Like, oh, is that? Do you copy no, that? I couldn't. Oh, I, okay. I couldn't see it. So because because I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if all these people walked into the bar that night? I see. And and everyone who happens to have that app on their phone, oh, okay, okay, it just mixes them all in these in the, in this thousand simulation thing. I see. Yeah. Or you know, a million simulations huh. in the blink of an eye, and figures out who in that room, right? And on that phone, you just dated everyone. Everyone that, there. Ev- you did a simulations having sex with everyone in that room, <laughs> and it figured out like who. Well, so so screw the simulations. Just save out the little sex clips for later. You know, <laughs> Berto always finds a loophole. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself, and hopefully, you'll find your ninety nine point eight percent match. This podcast is a 99.8% match for you, I think. So uh, so you've already won that one. Hey, th- th- there's an ethical question there. If you if you forget the dating thing. That'd be another thing. It's like you could you could simulate yourself listening to every podcast that oh, ever yeah. existed. And then tell you which one you like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so imagine you could go into a bar and point your phone at someone and and they have the same app or whatever. And it's called the My Life app or whatever. And the point is, it knows enough about us and it's got all our imagery and stuff. It can generate a little porn of you and that person having sex. <laughs> is that ethical? Well, Can if we you allow can, this? If you click the I agree at the end. Then well, yeah. you're right. But everyone has to agree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that does it for that episode. Take care of yourself because you deserve it. Mm-hmm.